You are now listening to Well, Well, Filling Out. Oh my, oh my God, did she just murder him? <laughs> oh no, his pussiness. Misandry. <laughs> yes, misandry. Oh, poor man. Ladies, serial killers are the best. Well, she's never going to get that stain out. Nothing says it's over like running over your ass. It had to be a woman. It had to have been a woman. Are you wearing it? Wait, how big were her breasts? <laughs> what up, bitches? Hey, hey. And clowns. Lovely friends. We back in this. We are. Once again. To recap another episode. Yes. Of motherfucking Killing Eve. God, this season has been exhausting, y'all. It really has. What was this? Episode five, don't get attached. It was It was a lot of something, you know? But, it, I mean, I don't know. It's probably my fault thinking that episode five was going to be something, anticipating a thing. I warned you that it wasn't going to be anything like what you wanted. Based on the episode descriptions, you decided to keep on your clown makeup until the very end and paid the price, my dear. I sure did. Meanwhile, I, standing on my Mount of Vesuvius pile of muses have learned to abandon certain things prior <laughs> prior to the start of the episode so I'm not completely in the dofuls which is why you were just with negative views after negative views I, in the yeah. live alive since the live right I'm just still here you got so many negative views as you said you had to delete for the next snack I, I sure did it's quite because, a predicament yeah uh, we're going to monitor or modify the things that, you know. As we must. As No, you're right. As things we must. keep evolving because and changing. They do change. And even though some things are of note, they're of note to us as an observer, as a viewer. And maybe we're not decoding the right things. Because even though we're not getting the full picture. Right. Because things are being left out with intent. With intent. We're paying attention to factors that don't matter. But it's like, but why did you give them to us? Like a foe. So oh, I, I won't go into full rant. So it's weird. It. It's weird. It's not impossible for people to not be having a good time because now the story's it's the story's not. But it's the ratio, right? Like it's okay to have. Oh, is this tense? Oh, is this saddening? Is this maddening? But when the sad and the mad and the bad seem to outweigh the good, it's unfortunate because you're left feeling unfinished in a certain way. And right. it just feels like anxiety is always going to be a component now that we're past episode five because we only have three episodes left. So literally all of our muses are in three episode baskets. Right. And I don't know how I'm going to cope going forward. Just continued clownery, I suppose. That's all I can guarantee. It, yeah, sadly, sadly, I, I could spend what is TBD thinking about what am I willing to give up to still consider the experience an overall good experience and and you know like when you get to that part of competition when you have to get rid of two people and you're near the end you, the, the final four final five we're in the final three and you know you're also talented you're all winners but I can't say that <laughs> and then also say that I'd be fine if I don't get any of these things in the final three episodes well I think we both have made certain concepts clear about what we require uh-huh. to leave the series feeling a positive way more positive than negative whether or not that comes into fruition you know hashtag and louder we trust until the bitter mm-hmm. end but who is to fucking say and at this point my muses are all over the place and they've already been all over the place but it's uh, what do I even describe as my cow I think my cow has left planet earth what? Terrence and not only am I in the galaxy I'm in a multiverse bitch I'm wherever seven of nine is right now Y'all and I like it there in the- I like it there <laughs> <laughs> Y'all put her no in like the Delta Quadrant. Plane. I ain't got time for yes! this. I'm Mind in the Delta Quadrant. Excellent Star Trek reference, sir. I am there. I am oh. in the darkest place. And I'm just like, you can't even see shit. It's just darkness, Terrence, as I float. All right? 
without gravity to ground me to anything. Searching in the darkness, like my blind, oh, I was about to make a reference to this blind hamster that used to live in the wall. I mentioned him to you a oh, loft yeah. I lived in many years ago. It's called Quilt. It wasn't in my room, it was in a different room. But he would come out and do his little, y'all can't see, but I'm doing his little paws, like he's kind of trying to touch the air. And that's just kind of how he felt if he sprayed perfume. That's me, all right, in the Delta Quadrant. Mm -hmm. I am Quilt! Mm -mm. Feeling. And nothing's there, Terrence. Just the haunting <laughs> echoes of your negative music. <laughs> it, 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 Are we going listen, to get a And it a saddens smash. me. It saddens me because... Are we going to get a smash? Sorry. <laughs> because we, we love the show. We wouldn't be talking about the show if we did not love the show. We are invested. We we, we put the gears in. No, we beyond invested. A lot of the clowns, they like to talk about the degrees that we're working on. You know, PhDs. The, the, it's a PhD. PhD. We are beyond point. undergraduate. We are past graduate. And we are on to PhD. Thank you very much. So it's just, it's, we are going to do our best to make the best of what they give us. But at the same time, it's like, you got to oh, give me something. We keep you it cute in the recap. We keep it cute in the recap. We don't completely descend into chaos until the snack. So fuck it. Let's get on with the motherfucking show. This fucking episode Indeed. is entitled Don't Get Attached. It is written, or should I say co-written, ah. by Lauren Neal and Georgia Lester. Uh -huh. And I don't think I didn't notice that consulting producer credit, Kaylee. Oh. Uh, today's price oh. is not yesterday's price. Oh, this what I don't know Kaylee? if it's your first. Moving on up. But right, keep keep getting those big credits. Bitch, bring the gato. I mean, and of course, directed by Emily. She's Atef. like, ask them about me. That's right. that's Kaylee right, right now. And since Kaylee is potentially responsible for all the queer Ooh. we've seen in the show, I have to. Ooh. I'm trusting it louder because she's the boss, bitch. But shall I say, trust in Kaylee because who else do we have <laughs> with the queer jaunt in that writers' room to give us some degree of hope? But yes, that is the episode name. That is who wrote and directed. And let's move the fuck on to this episode which opens up in the past we're time traveling and you know what let's not even lollygag on this shit let's get straight to the time travel shenanigans with carolyn and friends yes so we get a black and white shot we are in berlin it says 1979 there's a group of individuals that have a chalkboard and they are going over these random names <laughs> what was it it's like socialist squad yeah and it was a, like wait, wait, you they seem to be club? protesters and <laughs> activist types and because they have signs and stuff and when we see the board, there's name <laughs> suggestions like the Socialist Squad, Anarchist with Attitude, the Disruptors Squad, Chaos Club, someone says, when Carolyn is walking in. And it's like, these are all bad. Are these, these bad, are bad names? names? Like, I was trying to figure out what was going on. What, what, what is this? And she interrupts them with her clapping and appropriately roasts their name choices because they're all horrible. Yes. And then she contributes her idea of what the name should be. And she's like, how many of you guys are there? There's 12. And scene. With laws <laughs> writing on the board. Oh, the 12. God, just takes me I'm right. Right. And then, right. then we get a current day right. shot of Berlin. It's, it's Carolyn just getting into town. And it's lo like looking like she's about to embark on her penner. So welcome back to Berlin. Wow. People in Berlin. P people probably need to stay out of Berlin because me thinking about Bill and Berlin and, you know, whatever. But I'll, I'm using that on another day at another time. Yeah, after we get the Killing Eve title card, we're back with the revolutionaries, the activists, and Carolyn or Janice, as we learn is her fake name in this time, is next to Lars. And we see a young Constantine next to, I think it's Carolina. Mm -hmm. And Carolina's talking that shit. And it looks like Carolyn, I guess, is reading the lips because she's telling Lars that Carolina thinks that she wants her mans. And I guess she's not wrong for what happens later in the episode. And Lars refers to Constantine as the mute in the suit. And that's probably because his accent's not all that great since he's <laughs> pretending to be a German. I don't know. I assume that's what it's for. Uh, yeah, she makes a joke about liking someone who has secrets. And she's like, well, I got a secret. I think Nothing's maybe, more thrilling. Maybe he's really, really 
boring. I said, uh, not a young Eve Pilastri. Nothing's more thrilling than a secret man. I see. Mm. I see, Carolyn. And then we get footage of the, the film getting swatted out of um, one of these anarchist hands because, hello, we need to take what we're doing seriously because it is serious, I guess. Oh, you mean the guy sitting on the floor? Right. Okay. And then it gets swatted out of his hand saying, you know, we, we should be taking this seriously because, you know, we're serious. I mean, I guess. He said we're anarchists. <laughs> right. That's what he said. <laughs> he was like, it's not a kid's birthday party. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, but that scene ends with Constantine and Carolyn staring at each other lustfully. And then we're at another scene with them outside by some car making out. And we learn that Constantine is going by Carl to Carolyn's Janice. And Carolyn asks about his place. Like, let's go back over there, do the do. And he says it's a no-go and asks about her place. And she's like, it's a no-go. So there's nowhere to go but presumably the hotel, which I think is the next shot because I assume. Uh, yeah, it's the way I was like, people, what? I was like, the car's right there. But, you know, I guess in the 70s, uh, they, there was no car um, passions to be well, had. I don't know. I don't know. They were pretty jaunty <laughs> in the 70s. It just potentially wasn't comfortable. Why not get okay. a hotel room? No, no, right. Hotels were cheap. Then we get a bed shot and uh, we have uh, Janice, as, well, it's Carolyn, but Janice tells this young, a constant, don't get attached to him. He's like, don't worry, I won't. And she's like, what? <laughs> and then he pieces out. He's like, bye. He leaves. And as he's leaving out, uh, daddy's in the shot and he says, Hey, daddy is not in the shot. That's daddy's lover exiting the room. So Constantine is exiting Carolyn's room and another fella is exiting her father's room. They share a knowing look because they're both on their post-coitus walk of shame or non-shame looking at the expression on the dude's face. And so it's just an acknowledgement from Constantine of, oh, okay, Carolyn's daddy has lovers who are men. Then we get a shot of... We cut uh, to Carolyn and her dad. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many seven screws you've broken? Um, I've learned from the best. I thought that was cute. And then he says, um, try not to get uh, what caught he up. He says, promise not to get killed by a Soviet tow rag on your first posting. Yes. Because he'll never live it down at the club. And she's like, well, what club are you referring to? Uh, the one that you go to with your service buddies or the one you go to afterwards? <laughs> and I was like, ooh, here we go. Yep, she pours him a drink and then it is over and we are back to modern day Carolyn and a Berlin title card and she just kind of gets out of the car. Looks contemplatively off at the scenery and presumably is remembering her youth. And then we're back to Cuba with Villanelle eating Benita's breakfast. Yes. Far uh, better breakfast than there was in the last episode, which wasn't a breakfast. Probably <laughs> lunch or dinner. And is it really a Cuban breakfast? No. But it looks better because there's some fruit. Some pineapple. Yes. Some guava. Potentially some papaya and definitely some bananas. And some bread. Which makes sense and cheeses make are more appropriate for breakfast time. But still no espresso. No bustelo. No <laughs> fried eggs. So they, had a, they had a pizza in terms. Something. They did better. So at least there's that. But then Villanelle says the rudest thing. And she tells Benita that there's just, there's simply too much breakfast. Don't you have a home to go to? And Benita breaks down. Naturally. Because, wow. Villanelle. Hurtful. Right. Like, I, I didn't even know it was possible to to turn down food, but then to also say there's too much of it? Like, I just, what? It's the way that I'm just, I'm accustomed to sitting and eating and smiling and saying thank you because that that is what you do. So, wow, Villanelle. Yeah, then in the next scene, we see Villanelle and Benita sitting down and Benita is showing her her thigh, which looks to have a bad burn. Ooh, and yeah. Villanelle says that her husband is an asshole. Benita tells a little story. She's like, you want to hear something funny? And Villanelle's like, please. But what does she say that's funny? Nothing. Because no. she tells a tale of her husband, Camillo, being a firefighter. And he's supposed to be stopping burns, not making burns. And that he was once a charming man. But now every time she sees his ass and cooks him some food, she is hoping that he chokes on it. And Villanelle, thankfully, says that she can help a bitch. If she wants the help. Yes. And I was so happy that she offered that misandry help. And then, of course, what I didn't notice, but you did. She was like, 
mm, so you know I cleaned that room and I saw that there was a finger under the under the bed. I know what you did to the guy with the toes and his nose. Yeah, it was under the and bed. So if that's what he deserved, then what does Camilo deserve? deserve? Also confirms that MI6 or Interpol, whoever has a lot of forensic evidence on Villanelle because she does not clean up her crime scenes. And from there, we are with Eve, who is watching right. Chloe practice some tennis. Yeah, supposedly at 10 a.m., but they, we don't find that part out until way we later. We don't need that part. Right. We don't need that part. The inflammatory part is an Eve stalking Chloe and watching her play tennis. And then after we see that, we get a Margate title. And we are with Constantine in a restaurant coming to meet Pam. Yeah, she's waiting for her next assignment. But he's tight. He's like, wait, first off, I have an ear infection, swimmer's ear, or whatever. That's probably what it was. But of course, they didn't say what it was. He's just mad that he has an infection in his ear from getting pushed into the water. Yeah, he's pissed off because he was pushed into the water. And well, he had it coming. And he asked her to close her eyes. And she is skeptical, obviously, about doing so. He looks at her for about a second and is like, all right, you don't trust me. And Pam is like, nah, because you said you would eat me, which is very true. He literally yep, just said that. He did. And Constantine does his Constantine laugh. And then he sits down and is like, look at these damn bags. And says they're going to spend a nice afternoon playing dress up. Pam is wondering if there's mm-hmm. something wrong with her clothes. And Constantine is basically like, yeah, you just need the right clothes for the right gig, for the part you need to play. You're becoming an assassin. And that involves playing roles. And so I'm like, okay, this is Constantine training. Day two, I guess. Yeah, we get a shot of her coming into the frame, wearing whatever was in the bags. You can't see what's under it, really, because it's the jacket, bubble, bubble jacket is is it's oversized. It's almost as if he bought it for someone else, is how I thought of it. And it's like, well, they're obviously different sizes. So that's the reason why it doesn't fit. You're used to wrong girl, wrong daughter, wrong whatever this is. Well, I would agree that wrong style. I don't know that it's the wrong size because that depends on, it looked to me like a couture bubble jacket. Not ah. a fucking basic North Face. Therefore, it is very likely that it's supposed to look like that when you wear it. However, I would agree that he was shopping for the wrong bitch. And maybe he was thinking about something loud and extravagant that Villanelle would wear. But that is not Pam's personality. Uh, yeah, it was this kind of arm folding motion that she did where it kind of looked like she was being swallowed. And again, to your point, it could be couture. But I was like... Yeah, Villanelle's this, this been swallowed by some outfits. So I'm oh, like, that could yeah. be the look. It's just that that's not for Pam. Mm. She looked uncomfortable and she felt uncomfortable. And it did register with Constant when he noticed that she did look uncomfortable. Then we get a cut to a shot of the hotel. There's knocking on the door. Eve opens the door. <laughs> slightly it's like you know how when you have like the the chain i don't even think they have those at hotels so it's more like a kind of a maybe it's one of those hotels door stops do have stops how do you think you stop I, the housekeeper no but at first in? i was thinking of like a chain and i'm like there's no there's not that's a chain. no turn you just push it over right. and then it opens up about three inches yeah most hotel doors have that and so he makes a joke about like oh you were you were you're, you're busy you're sleeping you have somebody in there and she's like no and she says, hold on, and tries to close the door. Then finally opens it up, Fafo, who comes in and gives her information on a professor. Was it Oliver Schupert? I want to say the name is. He's now a classic professor, classics professor. And I guess he was one of the photographs of one of the pictures. I, I'm trying to figure out where this information, where it came from. Because I initially thought that the mom of the shop owner... From last episode was the photographer for the Lars photos, and so she found the extra photos. So I, I'm, I'm. There's a lapse for me personally as far as connecting. I thought she was just identifying name. Oliver as another person who was at the party via the photos. Therefore, if I find Oliver, I can ask him about that event, and if he knows who this person is, is his name Lars? Is it something else? That's oh, why I took it to be. Oh, okay. Well, that that's helpful to me. But yeah, I'll also mention that in this scene, after Faux pushes his way inside. 
He is looking around very suspiciously while Eve is trying to distract from the fact that she doesn't want him looking around or whatever she's been doing. And he just kind of ignores what's happening there. And after he reveals the Oliver situation, Eve is basically like, I mean, she couldn't look any more annoyed and fed <laughs> up. And she's like, could you just get the fuck out? He's given her a dummy guide as he refers to it on the Cold War. And I'm just like, Eve, we couldn't Google or shop for books ourselves. Okay, phone must do everything, including finding your reading material. And she's like, oh, I've been meaning to catch up. And it's like, okay, whatever, girl. And he's still looking around suspiciously. He eventually sits on the bed. And that is when he discovers Eve's bullshit. Because he sits on some fucking drawn books. And he's like, oh, what's this? You try this what you're trying to hide from me? And Eve says she was drawing her dreams, which is ridiculous because he pulls up this photo. Like a child's photo. It looks like a death. Looks like a, a murder it has did. happened. So I like that Eve said that. And before she said that, she said it was a mindfulness exercise. And so she's trying to spin bullshit to foe that he definitely doesn't believe. But it was pretty funny. I was trying to figure out if they were trying to go for the... Is anyone else here with the the threesome that happened in the other huh? series? If they were trying to do like a weird callback where it's like, you're showing up to the safe house. You have this mission. You have the notes. You're telling You're on an island study. by yourself. Because one involves Sappho. The other just not. So you're all alone with Thatch. Parallel. I wouldn't even think of a single parallel with Foe outside of him being an accessory to Eve. Like parallel Foe to Eve. I mean, it was him Villanelle. playfully get, jabbing at Eve. Oh, you have somebody in there? And it was like, hmm. But she had nobody in there versus Villanelle actually having somebody in there. No, I know. I get what you're saying and why it doesn't compute. But it was just me thinking safe house, person with notes, telling the someone to concentrate study. Well, I, it's, it's the, the base it's of Eve's operations. It's hotel room. It's, it's her it's abode. Steve's. No, it's not because we were at Foe's. And that's also a base. And so is the van. Oh, yeah. that <laughs> So is the van. That is There's multiple true. bases because Eve is chaotic. And so she asks for privacy and she tells him basically to get out. And of course, he's like, I mean, I'm he not asks, in your she's way. Like, Respect some boundaries. <laughs> he's like, I'm not in your way, but and I I'm guess like, you, you want to make a go. boundary for the first time? Because she asked, like, can we have some boundaries in place? And it's like, okay, well, for the first time in the show, you were looking to place a boundary, Eve Palestri. <sighs> and of course, he's like, fine, I'll go. But first, I'm just going to go pee, opens the door, and notices Chloe. Who's counting? I guess they were about to do hide and seek because that's what they were going to do. And he was like, Oh, you found me. And see. Yeah, I don't think it was happenstance that he bodged into the bathroom. I think he intended to find out what Eve was hiding. And he just did because somebody asked you to leave, you just leave. You don't say, Well, let me use the bathroom first. No, that's Especially true. with the vibes that she was given. But in the next scene, we're back to Villanelle in Cuba doing her fire play because the building is on fire yes, and did. a truck yeah. is arriving with. Camillo, as we will learn, but that smoke looked like a malfunctioning fog machine. So I don't know, killing you signs. I guess people were <laughs> supposed to believe that if anyone has seen a building fire and what happens, the air, what it smells like, the panic, it's just, it's not. What Villanelle recreated, but whatever, they believe it. And Camillo heads up the stairs to see Villanelle passed out, just one dude despite what I feel like is known protocols to keep fire person safe. He disregards those protocols, says, okay, guys, I got this. And I'm like, are you going to fondle or try to assault Villanelle? What is this? That would have been rude. I don't get it. Why else do you say I got this? But anyway, it does work out for him because Villanelle wakes up, knocks mm -hmm. him the fuck out, mm -hmm. beats him up. He's on the floor screaming, do you know who I am? That <laughs> Villanelle did not give a shit. <laughs> safe to say. She says to him, women don't stay silent forever. He wants to know who this bitch is and she does not answer. She simply grabs the hose, turns it on, side of his mouth, and it's... 
It's bad for Canelo. No, no, yeah, no, no, you're right. We were saying, and I was trying to get confirmation from you in saying that, yeah, there were there were things when when you think of pressure in that sense that it's like you don't you you don't retain, you barely retain shape. <laughs> I was like, wait, are teeth gone? I felt like teeth should be gone. You were like, yeah, teeth. If there were teeth loose. I definitely <laughs> see some teeth. Well, if she wasn't gentle about putting it to his mouth, she definitely chipped or broke a tooth, and then you know water would have been coming out of everything, including his eyeballs with yes. that type of pressure. Oof. So it's not a fun way to be waterboarded. And undoubtedly, fuck it hurt for anyone who's been hit with a fire hose. That shit feels like needles. And Villanelle looks like she's on some misandrous water ride. She looks happy. She's Actually, thrilled. I like that. Water splashing <laughs> back in her face. Yay for vigilante murders with Villanelle. Should be your new gig, your new calling, because you can eat for free forever and steal right? all the men's money. Split it with the widows. They can cook you food and caress your cheek, and it will all work out. But yeah, villain after that just walks out because, of course, you okay, you chica? <laughs> people just look at her. No one stops her. No one asks her anything. It's the end. Camillo's dead. Uh, and then we are transported back uh, to Abridge. I'm guessing it's near the hotel. Who knows? Fo was asking about like the. Eve's process, like, what is she doing? And Eve's like, well, yeah, you know, I went, I saw her, I grabbed her up. And he's like, well, what's next, torture? And she's like, no, no, no. She tried to justify it by saying, well, she left Villanelle out of jail. And so I had to well, do something I, that would hurt, and this would hurt. I don't know if I would say it was a justification. To me, it was a deflection, because stealing someone's child is a big deal. And while she's talking to Faux, he is reacting to this big deal to be like, so what exactly happened in Paris? Eve does not answer that question. She skips all of the sapphic shenanigans and simply says, this bitch let Villanelle out of jail because that's what she's mad about. And Faux was like, okay, but child abduction? That seems like a leap. And she says that she wants to make Aline sweat. And so he's like, okay, well, if you going this far, what's next? Torture? What are you doing? And it's a good-ass question because who knows what Eve Palastri is up to. And Eve says they're going to go on an adventure. Oh, right. Instead. Another deflection. So like, say bye. And then she's gone. They're gone. They're out of the scene. Not before Faux indicates with miming that he thinks she's lost her marbles, like the character in Peter Pan, because she's really wilding the fuck out with this woman's child. And then, yeah, we're back with Carolyn at a park, and she's watching some building and then walking towards some building, having another memory. And, of course, it's her in-laws. And this is apparently her former home that we're looking at. Yeah. And we're back in the past, and Lars wants to know why he's never been to a bitch home before. And Carolyn's like, we've never needed my daddy's whiskey so badly before. So that is the answer. But also, you hate the bourgeoisie. So feel free Point not taken. to come in, bitch. Feel free <laughs> to stay the fuck outside. But he does not stay outside. He goes inside. Then we get a shot of... A Carolina uh, playing in some books and it's a party scene though it's a chill party scene we get to see oh yeah, yeah, yeah. what's happening that that Carolyn's house or her daddy house is very nice there's a lot of expensive things in there it looks like it's art furniture uh, art deco furniture it is obvious that Carolyn is a child of privilege her entire life and it's okay. interesting that she has these friends and walks this dichotomy of obviously being a child of privilege but out here with the revolutionaries yeah so of everyone having a good time and mellowing out in unison drinking Carolina is of course being the wallflower she's by the books Carolyn notices and approaches her and you you know, to try to, I guess, just address someone who's in your house who's not being social. So I guess she's being a good guest. Actually, I mean, again, open. That's for your interpretation. Carolyn was being a bitch, personally. Carolina is fucking Constantine. Carolyn wants to fuck Constantine. And Carolyn is obviously already at this age a bitch who's used to getting what she's want. She's used to being probably the most clever person in the room. She says as much. And the first scene we see her in with Lars and she is looking at this bitch and sizing her up like everyone's here having a good time. You're reading a book? Really? What you doing over here? Oh, friends? Are there friends? Let me know if there's friends behind there. That's already some bullshit. <laughs> and then Carolyn is trying to be like, oh my gosh, well, you know, I'm going to be up here one day. One day it'll be me. 
And Carolyn's like, oh, what you mean? And she's like, oh, I'm going to write a novel. I'm going to be like Kafka, but better. <laughs> Which is quite a thing to say, especially at that time. And Carolyn chuckles appropriately. Right. And she's like, oh, well, that sounds unbelievable. She tells that bitch to her face. No, I no. don't believe yes. you. And then she's like, how many pages have you written? And the look on Carolina's <laughs> face says, not a single one. She looks shook for a second. And then I think she lies because of what we learn later from Carolyn about what right. she does when she lies. And then she tells Carolyn, lots. And Carolyn's like, oh, lots. lots. She does not believe her. And the girl's just like, yeah. And then Carolyn's like, okay, well, if you can drink as many drinks as you've written pages, you might actually have a better time, bitch. And then she walks away. So that whole interaction was, it was a flex. She was being bitchy. She's being a mean girl. And it was hilarious. Poor Carolina. As we learned, she was looking up to a hoe and trying to impress a hoe. And impress a hoe, she did not. She was embarrassed. Uh, then we get a cut to young Carolyn and young Constantine. And she's like, well, you know your girlfriend. She plays with her ring when she lies. And he's like, well, yeah. She plays with it every single time she says something like uh, positive about my looks. And they have a chuckle. They're then interrupted by Vlad who says, you know Not this- Vlad. Laws. Lars. He comes over Sorry. talking about the bottle of booze. Yeah, he's like, you know this booze costs more than my car. And then she's like, well, I guess it's time for me to go to uh, Daddy's garage and bring out the good stuff. And she exits the scene. To go to the garage and get the real stuff. As she refers to it and sees a note on the door that says, some tow rag found out, don't come in. And so presumably that's written by her father because she goes in anyway and finds a scene, a crime scene of suicide and what looks to be homophobia because her dad is dead in his vintage Porsche. And there are some photos of him kissing a dude on, on the, the windshield. Yeah. So looks like he was getting blackmailed, exposed, and I guess kills himself as the only answer in this timeline. And Carolyn... And shock walks back to the party, throws the expensive bottle of booze against the wall, and mm. then asks who wants to trash the place. And then they start to trash said place and dance and mosh and do the rest. And the scene ends with Carolyn and Constantine, or Carolyn staring at staring, Constantine yeah. among the chaos. It's like somebody's not thrashing as loudly as the other. Like I, I was trying to figure out what it was mute, and I'm hoping that that's what it was. Where she was like, "Hmm, you, there's something." Well, Constantine there. was in her house. I think that's the first way you look at it. Like she brought Constantine to her abode before anyone else came to her abode. So if someone's going to dime out her father or potentially know something, it's going to be Constantine. Mm -hmm. And then from there, we are back with Villanelle, who has arrived back to Benita who was cleaning some silver. And Benita wants to know, is it done? And walks up to Villanelle. She's like, come here. Let me put this on you. And it's a medal. It some is. sort of medal. I like this scene. Puts it on her chest and says it looks better on her. Benita is very thankful. Mm -hmm. And she gives Villanelle an auntie cheek cup. And Villanelle for a second is like, oh my God, not affection. <laughs> not affection. And she's like, you want to go shopping? Yeah, they got Camilla's wallet and money. And she goes to enter her room. And Benita's like, oh wait, shit. There are guests. And the room is opened by Villanelle. And there's five bitches in there on a bed. And Benita's like, so these are my homies. And they all have their own Camillos. Which is... Sounds like the patriarchy. Yeah. And she asks yeah. Villanelle if she will help them too. And she's like, well, shit. Okay, but then I have my own Camillo. And the scene ends with smiles across the board. And I once again say, Villanelle, this should be your new calling, your new right. profession. Right. Being a vigilante, misandrist, you will never go hungry. You will never be without a home or shelter or money. If this is what you do. Right. I was loving the fact that like this could start a new like urban legend in the neighborhood where it's like, treat your lady right. Or, you know, she will come and like, she'll come and she'll take you out or whatever. I was like, I'm with this. I like it. Urban legends aren't bad. But I would also submit many a women actually get away with poisoning and killing their husbands all the time. Especially not in America. So I'm sure there's plenty <laughs> of legends already afoot. Let me go to the apothecary. Let me get some snake venom or like whatever. Whatever's being used. Right. I get what you're saying. And then the next 
next scene, we are with Carolyn arriving at the house of Carolina, and she's over there. Carolina opens the door, like, oh, hey, is that you, Janice? The fuck? And Carolyn's <laughs> like, no, my name is Carolyn. Janice was just a front, and everything else you knew about me pretty much was also bullshit. But, you know, water under the bridge. Fancy a sausage, because everyone seems to love, everyone loves sausage in Germany. And then we see Carolyn and Carolina in a park, and Carolina has said that she has five kids. Carolyn's like, whoa, five? <laughs> You must have sacrificed a lot. And Carolina's like, well, why would you say that? And Carolyn's like, well, didn't you want to be a fucking author? I remember you talking about being bigger than Kafka. Remember that right, shit? Right. She was like, uh, you know, I would have said anything to keep up with you back then. You know, finally acknowledging. Compete. Uh, right. Oh, compete. Yes. Finally acknowledging, like, yeah, you know, ultimately, like, you had everything. And it's, thank God I didn't know about your name. You know, I did anything to try to drop the A. Carolyn, Carolina. And yeah, she was definitely a fangirl. And so Carolyn says to her very matter-of-factly, well, a sultan and a sultana are two very different things. And I had to collect my pearls. <laughs> Pretty Carolyn. It's Carolyn being Carolyn, the same exact Carolyn, rude as fuck, that she had been to Carolina all those years ago. And Carolyn's face is just like, wow, not you still being a mean bitch and witty as fuck. And Carolyn says that Johan is still alive. And Carolina's like, no, he drowned. The popo found his body, remember? In the lake. And Carolyn's like, so you haven't seen a bitch? And she starts to fiddle with her ring. Like she did in the 70s. Mm -hmm. And then she tells Carolyn that she hadn't seen him since the night of her father's. Mm -hmm. And Carolyn says, nice ring. And then pieces out. And we know that she knows that that bitch is lying. And then she tries to end with a drag. And oh. that, that is Carolina because she has been disrespected. No. And yeah. she didn't ask for all that. Yeah. And has been holding a host of L's, a bouquet of L's since the beginning of the interaction. And so she tells Carolyn that she's glad they've seen each other. Again, because she had this image of what she'd be like and the life that she'd be living. But it's good to know what the reality is. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Right. She got you, Carolyn. And then she trashes that whole plate into the garbage. And yeah. She'd probably pay for it, though. So way to oh, waste, Carolyn. Well, she got yeah. you at the end, but that's this season. People keep sunning you, and there's nothing you could do about it, apparently. Mm. Then we cut to Margate. We're back at the, I, I was about to say something that, that it wasn't, but uh, park, the carnival. Park, thank you. Carnival. And the attendant for the strong uh, testamite game notices Pam and he's like, hey, she Hulk is what he calls her. He's like, wait, wait. But I mean, like in a good way, because, you know, like he's strong. Flirt. Right. He's, he's flirting awkwardly. Right. She's not impressed. He apologizes. And uh -uh. she wants to know where the girls get the outfits from. And he says there's a bucket out back. Pam wants to know if he has access to this infant his bucket she's very intrigued and apparently he does he has all the keys people think he's responsible and so pam wants to know if he will help her and he says of course he will and she's like okay great bye <laughs> i just like pam overall like there's something just about her vibe that is just amazing even from i could just see him thinking oh it's the girl that walked off after doing like that amazing thing and it's like i thought i would never see her again and here she is and so we see him in the next scene and he's got a red and a blue a slushy slushy he's he's trying to work up the nerve he's like you know i thought you were kind of like a slushy girl or and, and he's trying to like he's trying to prepare his lines but, what he's gonna it, say. but he ain't got a piece of game or line because when uh, Pam emerges he didn't and... have a piece of time he did not get to try the game because Pam once she does come out she's done with him she's like great thanks he's like wow you thanks you're... for your services here's a fucking tip I'll see you never but she does tell him her name before uh, she shuffles off she, she says my name is Pam 
after she gives him the money, treats him a bit like a whore. And he's like, oh, my God. <laughs> she does say, my name is Pam. And then the next scene we have is Eve in Oliver's classical class with Chloe by her side. And he's talking about Cupid and mythology and saying that most people assume that Cupid is like this benign figure that just appears in a cartoon form for Valentine's Day cards. But what they don't realize is the malevolent nature of Cupid and what his divine arrow brings. Havoc as much as it brings desire is essentially the sentiment. And he's showing a bunch of pictures and paintings relevant to this. And Eve is trying to cover Chloe's eyes. From the Barack of art, and I don't know why. I think he was like the child she cares is more French. than him. Well, she is French, right? The French feel differently about nudity yeah. than a lot of other people can sometimes feel. Who are a bit more prudish about it, but it's also art, and I just I don't know. If that's necessary. We could just explain things to children, right? Potentially, but Eve is not trying to be a parent. But I also think she cares more than Alain about these photos. And then she asks Chloe if she wants to play with her phone, and Chloe's like, "Really? Oh my gosh, my mom never lets me play with her phone." <laughs> and Eve says, "Of course," and gives the child the phone. And the professor continues saying that the tale of Cupid and Psyche is thought of as one of the world's great stories. But what did Psyche have to do? She had to endure beatings, cross rivers, climb cliffs, and finally journey to the underworld. How far will Psyche go? And who will she have to become to appease her cosmic masters? And as the professor is saying this, Eve is clearly moved and transfixed by this mythological story mm. and its plausible parallels to her and Villanelle. More than likely. It's the way that I missed the parallels when it was first happening, mostly because I couldn't think of who Psyche was in relation to Cupid because I have limited, like, I, I flirt with Greek mythology, but, like, I'm not learned in all of the ways. I like a, a lot of materials in relation to it. So um, I guess this is something telling me to dive in. But then to know that there's a woman waiting for me who is going to be tortured, it's like, am I in a rush? To read about Psyche, to hear about the way the gods probably played her. Because I already know there's going to be a beautiful human that a god is going to flirt well, with, knowing that they're in relationships with other gods who know that they're being in, unfaithful. And they will enact their punishments, not always on the husband. They like to take things out on the other woman as well. So it's like, mm. Yes and no. Because the beautiful woman in this story is, in fact, Psyche. Like a Helen of Troy. She is one of, I think, three sisters daughters and she is considered the most beautiful to the point in which people come from all over the place to see how pretty she is and it starts to get to akin or adjacent to worshiping like she were a goddess and naturally this mm. type of behavior is gonna piss a certain person off which would be aphrodite or yes. venus depending on what name you're using and that is what starts that the fuck shit is that venus sends her boy cupid to fuck that bitch up and say hit this bitch with the arrow make her fall in love with the ugliest creature that ever was because i want to condemn this hell but when cupid gets over there he ends up seeing her and falling in love and does not do it and so it's a perhaps i can leave it for the snack but it's a bit of a i don't say convoluted but it's a long story so it's not as straightforward as you were trying to sum up because she is the pretty human that mm. incites the rage of a god and then another god falls in love with her and then a whole bunch of other things happen including these trials and tribs that ultimately lead to psyche and cupid being together in the end and one might say is the together in the end worth all the agony a bitch went through it's the way it sounds like we're talking about two different Subjective. things but the same thing because you know depending on how people are uh assessing this season so far it's like is it worth like is this the gauntlet getting to this payoff if it's an allegory if it's a correlation does this mean that it is cementing or confirming that there will be unity at the end i mean we don't know 
But maybe. Well, I think at least like the Romeo and Juliet analogy is talking about arduous quest of love, of lovers, and how at moments in time, and certainly within the dynamic between Psyche and Cupid, and what's happening there, there are moments where Cupid is like upset at Psyche pretty intensely. And then they come back together. And so it could parallel even Villanelle in this way, especially with Eve's anger for all the things we've talked about, Villanelle's current anger for being dimed the fuck out, mm. and probably her future anger for for Eve and Ellen and what they've been up to with their savage shenanigans that even though these violent, awful issues of betrayal and hurt and exhaustion or whatever can happen, that you can still come together at the end as your fated story. So uh -huh. there could be those parallels there. I'll have to meditate further on it. The professor certainly poses a question that I think is to Eve and not just to the students, where it's like, you know, who will she have to become to appease her cosmic masters? And I'm like, Sappho and Lilith for Eve, but <laughs> perhaps for Eve, it's who do you have to become to get the 12 to achieve this thing that seems to be your sole obsession at this point? I don't know, but thoughts can definitely continue to be had about the Cupid and Psyche analogy that comes up in this episode. Then they cut to the end of the lecture as Eve has her meeting with the professor after the class and she's looking to get additional information. She's told that... Um, she's showing him the pictures that she has of Lars and ooh. he's able to give her a name right away. He's like, Johan Sveinsen or something. And says that, you know, I know you're not supposed to speak ill of the dead or whatever, but this guy was a fucking prick. <laughs> and Eve is like, oh. And just kind of laughs and shakes out a little notebook or her pen because she's fully committed to this ruse, which, so proud, Eve Flastry. And he continues that this Johan was a country bumpkin from Iceland who fancied himself a revolutionary. But that she wouldn't find much on him, though, because he died about three weeks after the photo that she's referencing because he took a boat out with a crate of beer all alone and accidentally drowned himself. And Eve is like, oh, are you for sure it was an accident? Like, are you for sure for sure? And the guy's like, hold up. What did you say that your thesis is supposed to be about again? And Eve answers perfectly. <laughs> right. She's like, failed sociopolitical uprisings in the Soviet-occupied territories, 1975 through 1989. A unique psychology on the thwarted revolutionary. I was like, I don't know where she pulled that from, but... She pulled it from her <laughs> note-taking that she did after she got the info from Foe. When she was like, I need to prepare. Did you get out? I need to prepare for my meeting. I need to get into character. He was like, good title. Long. Yes. And then he gives her another name, and that name is Janice, which we know is Carolyn's alias from the time. And Eve is like, who that? And he says that it is Johan's girlfriend from that time period, and that she was British and fun, but like in a spiky sort of way. And she wanted Eve to know, right. like, last name? Info? <laughs> and he's like, damn, bitch, I can't remember. But he does remember a party that everyone was there, the whole Kreuzberg squat gang, and that he has an old Super 8. He remembers his office somewhere, and she can watch that shit if she wants, but she will need to find a projector. And they're briefly interrupted because Eve's phone is ringing, and Chloe says, oh, it's mom. Mom's calling. And she's like, well, you know, we'll, we'll call her later. And she's like, you know, sorry about that, you know, child care issues. But if it's possible, can I see this reel? Like, do you have it? And I guess he will then go to get said reel. And we get a cut to, we're back at the hotel. We're back at Eve's hotel. <laughs> we're back and at Eve's hotel. Alain is pacing back and forth in front of Eve's room. And you can hear that Eve and Chloe are playing off screen. And once Alain can hear her child playing with Eve, she rushes down the hall. And Eve is like, oh, hey. Hey, girl. We have so much fun. Chloe goes to hug her mom. And Eve is like, oh, why don't you show her the picture we did? Why don't you show mom what we drew? <laughs> and I'm like, the death pic? But it's not the death pic. No, Chloe pulls out I, a picture. I thought it was too. And it's of the sea. And I'm like, oh, water again, of course, killing Eve. And there are three boats with flags. Eve is on the first boat, which is the big boat. 
and then Chloe's on the middle boat, which is also a big ass boat. And then her mom is in the very last boat, and it's a tiny as fuck boat. You can barely see the flag. And I'm like, is this Alain chasing the two of y'all? What the fuck is going on? The way Chloe was in on this. And all Alain can say is, wow, she really got your likeness, Eve. My daughter's brilliant. She's an artist. That photo took me out. Yeah. Eve really knows what she's doing with children. Clearly. It is so it looks like she's about to do that, you know, that check that a, a guardian would give to their child where it's like any cuts, any bruises, like what what's been going on? You've been missing. And before she can do her uh investigations, Eve says, Oh, don't worry, I didn't get anything out of her. She doesn't know anything about you. Right. And I can't believe that's true. I don't even know if Eve's telling the truth, but she's definitely has anticipated what Elaine is thinking. And Elena's just like, say goodbye to Eve. We got to go. And Chloe's like, wait, but I want to stay here. The fact with that Eve. When I, I saw Eve. her run over to Eve, was like, please, can I stay with Eve? I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. This isn't good. <laughs> this is not good. That's after she breaks free from her mama, who like grabs her, like, no, we are, we're going. And she's like, release my hand. And she runs back. <laughs> she hugs Eve and repeats once again to her mother, I want to stay with Eve. And Elena's like, I know this ain't the fuck what's going down. So Just Eve, giving Eve a fucking look, like, really, bitch? Right. And then Eve's giving a look back, like, very mm-hmm. smug. Very fucking smug. And so she leans down. She's like, hugging that Go child. To your mom. And it's not until Eve says so that Chloe does, in fact, return. To the lady around and woo. It's a W for Eve. It's only a temporary W, but a massive W for the moment because Elaine's own child wanted to stay with Eve, not Elaine. Which is usually how it goes when kids can just spend some time away from their parents, but <laughs> much to Elaine's chagrin, she had no control over her child. It's like maybe you should have fucking protocol when strangers or people who haven't cleared a certain thing like interact with your child, but the way Elaine makes no sense. With her child's safety, I can't even say that. But yeah, after that, we leave that scene. We're back with Carolyn and she's outside in the darkness. It's nighttime and she's having yet another memory. Yeah, it's a breaking and entering memory. <laughs> and 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 she's doing a bit of breaking and entering she's herself. Picking a lock. She's picking a lock. Is she breaking or is she just entering? Oh, okay. She's picking a lock. If you break something, then it's breaking and entering. If you have lock picked, you are entering illegally. Oh, okay. You're trespassing. <laughs> you're definitely committing a crime. And then maybe you burgle, but... Carolyn shows us that Carolyn of the past and of the present has some skills, and those include lock-breaking skills, and she gets into the house in the past and in the present. And in the past, we see that Carolyn is looking around and finds a sleeping Constantine while the Carolyn of the future steps on a dog toy that squeaks. But luckily, no one is home to see that she's definitely a worse spy than she was in 79. And she's looking around, and she gets kind of panicked in both timelines, like, flustered for a second about what do I do? How do I find what I'm looking for? And then seems to center herself by closing her eyes for a second. And then once she opens them, it appears she has an idea in both timelines. And in the past, she removes a brick from the wall to find some info. And in the present, looks like a record player or something that she opens and finds a note about Carolina going to a cabin, her daddy cabin. And in the past, I believe she finds Constantine's passport. Mm -hmm. And she looks at it like, oh, I know this ain't who I think it is. And Constantine is a deep sleeper. He because is. Because he does not know someone is in his realm. So it's like, okay, Carolyn seems to know that Constantine is full of shit, that he is not Carl. And from there, we cut to Eve 
Back at her damn hotel. Right. She is kid free. She takes one of the sheets. I've not seen this sheet. Maybe it came from the bed. Who knows where it came from? Maybe it came from the closet. Again, she who knows? Stole Doesn't it matter. from the hotel closet. Right. So He's she hoists it up to serve as a projector. She's got this super eight. Real. Real. From um, Oliver. And a player. Does the player, maybe it all came from Oliver? Or... It's the projector. No, no I he feel said like she would have had... to get a projector. No, right. Eve stole the projector from somewhere, <laughs> potentially from that very university she was at that day. Oh, right. And she puts it all together. I'm impressed that she. She didn't break the spool or do something else. Most people do not right, like, know how to work that. But then again, Eve's age, she probably do. She probably do because of when they actually started to phase projectors out of schools and stuff like that. And she plays it. She plays the footages and she, she sees, sees people mm-hmm. hanging out, having fun, smoking. And she is seeing the shenanigans of 1979. While yes. she's watching these shenanigans, she gets a text from Alain that says to meet her at 8. And she continues to watch the video, the reel, the Super 8, and she eventually recognizes a face. And that face is... Carolyn, yeah. she pauses on that face and then approaches that face. Like, holy shit, <laughs> I've been new. And then says, Carolyn, with like a darky rising growl. Right. And then we're done with the scene. Then we get another uh, back in the day scene, black and white. It is, uh, I call this the, the peer date with the pew pew and the paddles. But we get a scene that is Carolyn and she smooches a young Constantine. Yeah, so she meets up with Constantine and he's got some sandwiches made from strange animal parts, as he says it, because evidently that's what British people like. And Carolyn is like, yeah, that and discussing the traffic. They laugh. And this laugh from this young man is exactly like the Constantin laugh of current day. And we found out after the episode from people in the live. And as it would seem that this actor is Cambodia's actual blood, his flesh and blood son, which makes sense for the resemblance and more specifically that goddamn laugh that he was doing. I was waiting for the mom arms. I don't think I ever saw it, but the laugh was on point. It was. Then she starts speaking Russian to Constantin. And he's like, what language is that? She's like, look, don't. Don't play games. The games the games are done. I know who you are, Constantin Vasiliev. And they take a beat. And then they both draw uh, arms at each other. She's like, no, no, put the gun down. Don't try to kill me. It won't end well for you. Just just don't. Put, put, put the gun down. And he slowly does. And then she starts her interrogation. She's like, yeah, because you know, you was in my house. Who do you work for? Uh, well, first she says, because she has started that whole interaction by saying, you're not German, are you? Which prompts to German, I believe, because you said Russian. But I think she's speaking in German because oh. she says you don't understand. And so why would she say you don't understand if he was speaking Russian versus saying you do understand exactly what I'm saying? So I think she actually just pulled out some German on him. And Constantin oh. is not learned the way Carolyn is who obviously becomes head of the Russia desk because she speaks fluent Russian. And so I think she's speaking in German. And I'm like, how many languages did Carolyn speak as a spy? We will never know. And when he tries to play boo-boo the fool, she's like, don't even bother. And once they pull their fucking guns, and she's like, okay, so I'm a misandrist. You can't win this. And he's like, okay, let me just... Just put this down. You're right. You're right. And then she kicks his gun into the river. She's like, boop, there it goes. So, are you Russian? And he's like, yes. And she's like, are you KGB? And he's like, yes. And she's like, so you slept with me to get to my daddy? And he's like, yes. Then you blackmailed him. And he's like, yes. And then she adds, so now he's dead, right? And that's the result of you. And he just kind of nods his head. And there's a bit of a beat. And then she says she wants to offer him a deal. And I'm like, a deal? But this is clearly where the bullshit starts, Carolyn. Uh You should have shot his ass right then and there. Mm -hmm. But before they can even get get to wheeling and dealing, 
there's a gunshot in the distance, and it's because it's Laws. <laughs> and Laws is like, I knew there was something up with you, too. And I'm like, Lord, here we go. And now it's, I think during the live, I was like, oh, is this like Captain America Civil War? Like, I was trying to figure out what was going on. It's a three-for-all. But for some reason, now Constant and Carolyn are not on opposing sides because he's trying to take everybody out. And Carolyn... Well, he goes to hit Carolyn like a sexist man would. He looks to pistol whip. But whether or not he was looking to pistol whip or just get the gun, he certainly gets the gun because that's what happens first. He goes towards Carolyn. Carolyn, suddenly her gun is in the river or the lake. And it's like, okay, Carolyn, I was just giving you props for your skills, but you couldn't hold on to your gun when this guy charged you. And then Constantine gets at him and they go at it back and forth. And, and right, Constantine really loses because well, he ends yeah. up on his back. Yes. And Lars is about to take him the fuck out. And that's when Carolyn hits him across the head. Good with night. An oar. But it's not good night. No, I know. Because he certainly comes out of that water <laughs> shooting a gun straight into the air because that makes sense. And then he gets pretend whacked like it's whack-a-mole but they only try to whack him twice and for some reason believe that he has died he has gone unconscious he will drown even though he was right under the pier to hold on to it and then go hide it's like which is clearly what he did right the music revved up like oh intense intense stuff is going on and then we see them with the paddles are like shoo shoo and I'm Killing like Eve really is the threat over is it is Killing it over Eve Science. I guess it's over. And then from there, we are with Carolyn in the present, and she's calling Constantine. And she asks Constantine, Constantine if Caroline, Carolina's dad had a cabin. And Constantine is like, where you at? Where you been at, bitch? Where, where are you? What are you doing? But she's not interested in exchanging any pleasantries and at tells all. him as much. And that she hoped to never have to speak to him again. And that the call is already testing a bitch patience. But I'm like, kill him, Carolyn. And so Constantine is like, I guess. She did. Right. I, I was there like once. Give me like five minutes and I could pull the address. And I thought that would have been it for the call. But but Carolyn stays on the line and she asks. Uh, well, she's just kind of quiet. And okay. he's like, are you still there? And then she eventually replies with, thank you. And then she follows up with, what do you think might have happened if we didn't do what we did? And presumably that means or Lars to death, but not to death at the same time. In the lake. And Constant is like, are you thinking about, and she just kind of cuts him off. And he's like, yours. Yes. And I'm like, are we talking about kids? Or right. Did fates? I, what, are we, what are we doing? And the next query is, do you think we might have had a nice, normal existence? Kept our children. Maybe you and I. And it's like, Carolyn, not you being sentimental and wax and poetic. And Constance is just like, I don't know. And Carolyn's like, you know what? You're right. <sighs> People like us aren't meant for happy lives and never were. Well, just send the address. Goodbye. <laughs> I was like, are y'all about to get into... Her moment are you, of reverie is done. Are you, like, I was like, is this getting into the, are you leading or am I territory with y'all too? Like, what do we, what is this? And then she's like, nope, nope. Let's, let's get out of that. That's another life for another type of person. Give me what I asked for and disconnects. And then we stay with Constantine after he's done talking to Carolyn and he's probably thinking about what that bitch was saying but his thoughts are interrupted by Pam who wants to know what he thinks about her outfit and he says that he thinks she likes it which certainly is the most important part, Constantine. And then Villanelle interrupts this motherfucker saying she thinks it's been done. <laughs> and then she makes a face, a Villanelle face and Constantine just looks at her like, oh my goodness. And she smiles. And then we are back at Eve who is meeting up with Elaine. Per the text she got while she was reviewing the Super 8 footage and she just jaunts the fuck over there because she's a reckless human being. Reckless as fuck. No, right. And Elaine comments on a bitch recklessness because she's like, hello, aren't you afraid I'm going to kill you, bitch? Like, are you not concerned with what you just pulled? And Eve is like, isn't, isn't that, that the point? point? Isn't it the point? And Elaine is like, you know, when I first met you, bitch, when I first learnt, bitch, that you were after me, I thought you were a bit, what's the word? Pathetic. <laughs> and it's like, oh, we, we doing this, Elaine, that's what we doing. And she continues, I thought, 
There is someone who spends her life peering at more exotic specimens, like a bird watcher, desperate to fly. First Villanelle, and then me. And it's like, Ellen, <laughs> slow the fuck down. Slow down. And you, Eve interrupts like, his hoe. Is like, that what mm, you think? Right. You think too highly of yourself. And I was like, yes, bitch. She really the fuck does. Like, you have gone too far. Comparing yourself to Villanelle? That can never, ever, ever be, Ellen. And then she continues, but now I get it, Eve. You were down in your basement building your own wings. Shitty pigeon wings, but wings nonetheless. I'm like, the way you can't even just compliment a bitch, hoe, without saying something rude. And Eve is just like, oh, is that what you think? And Alain, instead of responding about what she thinks, she simply says that she found Lars. Eve is looking shocked and annoyed and just standing in the street looking like Boo Boo the Fool. Because like, it's be looking going. like Alain no, right. has won this round. <laughs> because she was racing a bitch to see Lars and she just found her Johan situation, but she doesn't know where Johan is at. Right. And so here's Helen saying, I won this round, bitch. Remember? Remember the challenge? I win. So Eve is not happy about that because she is holding the L. But it looks like Helen is throwing her a bone because she's like, after she walks to her car, she's like, I'm going now. Do you want to come? And Eve wants to pretend like she doesn't want to come, but she no, wants right. to come. No, no, no. Yeah. She waits yeah. a beat. Mad as fuck. But of course she goes over there and the car pulls off. And then we end the scene and head back to motherfucking Constantine and Villanelle in uh, Pam's hotel room. So here we are. Yes, we are in the hotel, Margate. And, you know, he's trying to figure out why Villanelle is back. Why, why, is, she, why is she in town? But Villanelle is quick to point out, oh, yeah, things look bad <laughs> for you. Like, things look bad. And the Constantine's like, well, no, they've, they've been bad. No, you just never knew. She's looking bad. at the hotel room. She's like, you slumming it, huh? <laughs> Things must be real bad for you, bitch. And he's like, they've always been bad for me, bitch. You just never saw. And Villanelle's like, okay, well, things were bad for me too, huh? And he's like, okay, well, I mean, what do you want me to do? And he's got his Constantine mom arms. And Villanelle's like, what, do you want to hug it out? And he smiles like, no, bitch. Why are you here? Why is you here? You are stressing me out. And she says that he's going to tell her where the fuck Alain is at. He's like, oh, is that it? No small talk? No, how are you, Constantine? How you been? How are you, Constantine? And that's Villanelle <laughs> mockingly asking no one. She don't give a damn. And Constantine does a little laugh, and he's like, all right, bitch. So, Helen, you want to kill that hoe? And Villanelle's just like, yes, yes, I do want to kill her. And she says that Helen is the first of the bitches she wants to kill, but then also the rest of them hoes. Yeah, 12, and I'm like, finally, bitch, you on Eve's page, bitch. It took five episodes for you to be on Eve's page? I guess. And so now it's a race of the Misandrous assassins to kill the 12. I don't know why all you bitches can't work together, but they've said you can't. And Villanelle sits down on the bed and says she tried dealing with other people's assholes. But you know, charity begins at home. So and, she got to get that vigilant. And Constant does his, you know, his constant to lie. <laughs> Lord. And Villanelle points out, as I per pro, she was like, you never believed in me. And he's like, why? That's not true. I believe in you. She was like, no, no, no. You believed that I was good for... Like good enough that to she kill was for a good 12. assassin, right. and that she was good for the twelve, but that he never believed she could be anything more than that. And it seems that Villanelle finally has some goddamn clarity about who's been using her and for what exactly. And that seems to strike a chord with Constantine because he says that he regrets how he was with her, but that he has a new one and he's trying to do things differently and presumably better. And Villanelle's like, well, good for her, I guess. Good for <laughs> right, her. Right. And then he adds that he would love for Elaine to disappear, but he can't tell a bitch where to find a bitch because he does not know where she is. And Villanelle's like, can't or, or won't. Because you surely know how to tell a lie. And he says it's because he doesn't know, but also because while she might think that she can get free of the 12, he doesn't think that shit. 
And Villanelle says, you know what, bro? They're going to get you one day. You are sitting here comfy. Mm -hmm. Like, they're not going to get you. They're not going to murk you. But you can't train people to kill and expect them not to turn on you. Right. Food for thought. And I would say I disagree. But I'm not going to get into that muse about why I disagree. I think it all depends on the intent of the training and, of course, the person doing the trainer. And what the philosophy there is before you can say training someone to kill will automatically mean someone turns on you. I think if you prove yourself to be a hypocrite in some kind of way, while also feigning to have ideals that are steadfast and moral, then you beget the betrayal because, of course, you've shown yourself to be artifice. I could see that. No, yeah. Because many people have commanded loyalty and never lost it. To the bitter end. And no, so no, I don't know that true. that's the case, but I, I get the sentiment that she was going for here. The 12 absolutely should trust no one. And the way Elaine just got here this season and she wants to kill everybody in the 12, clearly, like I said in a previous snack, there's no HR. They do not do <laughs> any 12 retreats. They do not do any outings, any like, you know, right. when people go to the fucking escape rooms no, no, to right, have bonding right. exercises. Right, they right. do none of that for the 12 and everyone hates each other. So she eventually goes to leave, but Constantine calls after her and he writes down a name and says that he trained a girl before her and that she's, quote, crazy, but that she might be able to help. Plus, you'll probably like her. And it's like, oh, is this gun? This is gun. It is absolutely gun. Villanelle goes to take that paper, but then they play a little game. Right. Uh, whose hand is on top? It's adorable. Right. He grabs, right. He, I guess he's doing basically like, you know, a, a goodbye, like a farewell, because uh, I guess it's, I don't know if it's one of those masculine dominating things where you clasp the hand in the middle to be like, I'm over you. And so Villanelle's like, well, mm, how about I take my hand from the bottom and I clasp my hand on yours since I'm dominant right now. And, and they keep, Not you know. you say the argument, you never did that with a siblings or cousins you never just put your me, hand in a pile started going up that hand, and who's to be on top and the, then it's, the only keep time going. i've socially done that would be maybe in a baseball game to try to figure out who goes the bat first <laughs> but it's different because the, you're doing it to a bat and so yeah, you no, to... i've done that with cousins and siblings it's just i mean it's just being silly okay. like whose hand is going to be on top it's like the slapping game when someone tries to slap your hand it's just about being oh the quick. slapping game i know no no okay All right. but that's the whole point like who's gonna be on top and if you're messing with people oh now Susie's hands on top now it's me now it's joe and then you just keep going playful innocent in a certain way and seems to be the improv moment potentially because this looks like this could very well be the last time villanelle sees constantin it feels right. like a goodbye and Jody and Kim are talking about a moment that happened naturally on set. And I do believe this is probably that moment. It's very cute, very heartwarming. It is. No, you're Even right. Even though Constance's a dick and has mostly been a dick to Villanelle, it is still very heartwarming. Because, right, it does turn into a hug. They start playing the, the same music from the happy birthday scene happy with the Happy birthday! And the hug that embraces for a beat, like it is a beat. So it really does feel like, okay, this is it. They're two fucked up people, but they kind of get each other. They're like, I can't really trust you, but <laughs> I think I still kind of love you. Good luck. And when we, the final shot of Constantine as Villanelle leaves is his mom arms. It and is. this is the probably the last Constantine mom arms we will get directed at Villanelle. And he had those mom arms. He did. <laughs> Nearly the entire time. But I don't know. Maybe we'll see mom arms next episode. TBD. And then we leave those feels and those vibes and we are now cut to Carolyn. We are in the woods. Uh, she has gotten that address from Constantine. She has found Carolina's daddy's cabin and she makes her way to the front door and there's a bell but I believe she knocks. She knocks, yeah. And Laws he is opens there. the door. Mm -hmm. And Carolyn's like, hey bitch. Laws, jo right. Johan, whoever well, you are. <laughs> right. It's that you think you're far too clever by half, half, by half, by half. Right. by half. She's rude, but that's how Carolyn comes to everybody. She's like, "Not you thinking you're clever and shit." Johan, you thought you could hide forever? Here I am, bitch. 
Oh, by the way, sorry for having hit you in the head with an oar or whatever. And he's like, apology not accepted. Apology not accepted. And she's like, that's cool. Understandable <laughs> that you don't take this apology, but also I need to come in. And he brandishes a weapon. And he's like, oh, I'm a better shot I got this time. I hope so, because you <laughs> certainly missed everything that you tried to shoot. And she's like, well, I mean, you can think about shooting me, but then you wouldn't get to hear all the clever things I have to say. And then walks Marilyn in. is very clever. And she gets inside. <laughs> she does not end up shot. So it seems that it's working. And then we're back to Eve and Alain in Alain's car. And they're chilling. Eve looks annoyed because they have been chilling there for some minutes. And so she right. wants to know what the fuck they're waiting for. Where is Lars? And us, we're like, Lars is in the woods. <laughs> yeah, uh, the audience knows that Lars is nowhere to be found. That he certainly will not be rolling up on a Parisian street or a Gate street, wherever they are. And Alain is like, be patient, hell, And just watch. Just keep just your watch. eyes on that keep door. looking at the door. <sighs> and Eve returns to look out the window and watch. And eventually we see Villanelle walk right. out. And she's reading Constantine's note, and we get to see the shot of it. It is confirmed that Gunn's name is, in fact, on the paper, mm -hmm. along with the name of an island, Isgar Island. And Eve is like... And so we're like, okay, Villanelle has some information. And we're looking back at Eve, who's like, oh, shit, Villanelle? Uh-oh. Because Villanelle is oblivious. And then Alain is like, lock, lock the door! The door right. I was and like, it's like, whoa, whoa, rude. this is getting fucked up. And Eve is like, yo, what the fuck? What do you mean lock the doors? And Alain is like, oh, did you really think I wouldn't get back at you, ho? And it's like, Eve, you really thought this bitch was going to let it ride. She was going to let it ride that you took Chloe for a whole fucking day. I was <sighs> like, is this like on some public execution style? Like, what is what? going on? In a sense. Eve is shook. She tries to get out, to warn, to save Villanelle. But it is fucking futile because apparently the car is soundproof. I guess it's an expensive fucking car. It was at a Mercedes. Because she's banging on the window. And I said, Villanelle, the way you can't hear a single vibration, right. the way your senses and your empathy is doing nothing for you because you can't tell that there's somebody on the street trying to get your attention. Villanelle remains oblivious. She's just looking into the store window, window shopping, and then notices her own reflection in the mirror. And is like, hey, me. And then sees a Jesus. And she's like, oh, hey, me again. <laughs> and before you know it, we see in the mirror that an <sighs> arrow has struck Villanelle in the chest. A rude mirror shot. It no. is a gigantic arrow. It is. And I didn't, yeah. It's horrible. And then we see Eve's she face. Goes down. No, no, yeah. Sandra's acting was especially captivating here because Eve is distraught. She is panicking. She is pissed. We're getting all those emotions at the same fucking time. Right. Like, it, it like the, the yelling, it gets guttural. She's like, open this door. Open this door. Well, she's banging at that door no. for a minute. Like, she's, it's like she's trying to break the window herself. And it's like, girl, use your elbow. That's probably the one bone you could use to break the glass. But then again, this lady in red's car is probably bulletproof windows and you'll just break your elbow or fracture a bone. And so she abandons that course of thought and just goes to attack Ellen directly. Yes. But this bitch likes choking in pain. Right, so it did not have the right. desired effect right. on this hell. Right. She is choking her. And I'm like, <laughs> Eve, this is erotic choking. This is a real <laughs> choking because she's enjoying it. Crush the bitch windpipe. Instead, we got to look at the lens smiling the whole damn time. Smile gets wider and wider as it Eve does. is like drooling in her face, like literally frothing at the mouth with anger. And Alain eventually returns the choke. And then they're just kind of like choking each other for like three <laughs> seconds. And you're like, girls, what's happening? And then eventually Alain is like, all right, go ahead, Malcolm, open the door. And I'm like, Malcolm, how much have you seen? <laughs> Driver, Malcolm. He said the partition's up. Eve My needs lady. to kidnap Malcolm next. I'm sure Eve could get some information mm. out of Malcolm. Oh, the, the way how she does definitely know him because she's like, she remembers him from all those episodes ago with Fernanda's shenanigans. So, like, leave her alone. Malcolm potentially she's is on the board. No, what? A little, little post-it, like, Helen's driver, <laughs> Malcolm. But yeah, Malcolm unlocks the door and Eve rushes out. Spills out, right. Over to Villanelle. Distraught, upset. She moves her, which I was like, no! Right, like, the Eve, way you were describing what's in her. You're not supposed and to do that. It looks like, yeah, you will aggravate 
aggravate t- the tissues, the surrounding you're not tissues. To nobody. No, no, right. If you're not the doctor right. and right. someone has something poking in them, you call the ambulance and then they come to assess. Do we move a bitch? Let's secure this before we move this bitch so nothing gets worse. Eve, just like when she pulled a dagger out in season one, she doesn't know what to do. She's not writing any medical books and all this time and she is just holding a bitch, cradling a bitch, screaming. There's no one on the street. No not one. a single I was like, pedestrian. No, I said, where's Constantine? Surely Constantine and Pam are right upstairs. They can't hear right. the commotion. Eve, please! So Eve screaming at Margate, and then we get this shot. This shot, I, I, I don't get the shot, but it's like, oh, and he, look, there's a beach. It's a drone and shot. There's, there's... It's like we go up from Eve, and then we could see the whole landscape and the sea. And what I took from that is like, oh, water again, I see. Is this where they will lay to rest, finally? And this water? Here? Because we get it. Killing Eve, there's been a lot of water parallels. They are unavoidable at this point, and they give us yet another one at the end of this fucking episode. They did. And oh, that is the end. That is... Is. That is the end. We are left with a distraught Eve with a smug Elen driving off while she leaves them there in their sapphic sadness. And I can only hope and assume, and I say that based on the preview, that Constantine eventually hears a distraught Eve. Right? He's like, I recognize that scream anywhere and goes down to help them. But yeah, that's it. And then we get to previews. And in the previews, we start by seeing Eve day drinking. Just like, oh my God, we're back to series three E. I know this is because the rejection. I know the rejection is coming. I know the guilt is coming because of what just happened to Villanelle. And so she's day drinking once again because she doesn't care. And because the police, who are usually not real, are once again not real. So no one's going to arrest her for drinking just wide in the open there. Because not even a brown paper bag. She just had the booze there and she was taking it to the head. And then we hear a voiceover from Eve saying that Elaine is punishing her. We also see a shot of Elaine sitting in a car watching someone who that someone is we do not know we see carolyn with lars while he's beating up a chair for some reason anger management issues anger management all right imagine she looks annoyed but you're still there carolyn and we also see eve somewhere in some garage it looks like with some guy who is performing badly with nunchucks i don't know why he has those nunchucks i don't know why eve is entertaining the nunchuck display but she is and we hear a voiceover from constantine saying if people don't interfere with me i don't interfere with them no idea who he's talking to Mm. maybe eve maybe Villanelle, a wounded Villanelle, who's to say? Then we hear a voiceover from Eve saying, I know this is going to end badly. We know, Eve, and you don't care. First episode of Series 4 said that you know and you don't care. We also see Pam at what looks to be a roller skating rink, perhaps. And she's just looking cute and looking off into the distance, pondering something. Probably there with Constantine. Oh. Hopefully not there to kill somebody, but you never know. We also see Carolyn asking someone, quote, you're not going to shoot me in the back, are you? And I'm like, who is that? <sighs> so far, I can only imagine Ellen, because I'm like, who else would she think could shoot her in the back? Not Lars, because she don't got that jaw with Lars. But Ellen? Ellen has been torturing 12 members. No, yeah. She just fucked Eve all the way up. So is Carolyn going to meet up with Ellen? I just don't know who else could be shooting a hoe in the back. Maybe Constantine. But why are you seeing Constantine? So Ellen is still my first choice with that. After that, we see a shot of Constantine laying in bed on the phone telling someone to quote walk away now or kill her and then we realize he's talking to Pam and so it looks like Pam is on her first kill she's on her mission she is probably having second thoughts and it's called Constantine and I'm like a woman why does she have to kill a woman and what woman is this is it Eve who else could it be what are the women what are the women Fernanda? Because if she's killing a woman and the woman is connected to the story we're telling it either has to be Eve Carolina Fernanda that's all I have right if it's following the Carolina Constantine plot right yeah. That's... Or just the known players, like who we have. Right. That's a woman it, that is could it be killed. someone who is potentially around the Margate area that she should have been 
targeting or didn't target. Hopefully it's not that woman she was supposed to push in the water. It could be. Who knows? Who fucking knows? And then we hear a voiceover from Carolyn saying that someone is brutally torturing your peers and your necks. So I'm like, that sounds like she's talking to Ellen. And so maybe both those lines happen with Ellen. The shoot me in the back, mm. but also your peers are dying. But she could also be saying that to Laws because I do believe those are also Laws' peers since he's still up to shenanigans. TBD on that. And while we hear that Carolyn voiceover, we see Eve looking sad and depressed in some park, sitting on the ground. And so this Demina that we're seeing from Eve Palastri in the preview is hella different than what we have seen from Eve in the first no, it is. four You're episodes. Right. We get a scene of Carolyn like saying rather forcefully to someone, I am this close! And I don't know who she's talking to, who could she be talking to? Someone she has an emotional connection with, perhaps. History. I am this close. I am this close. Constantin? But again, why are you seeing Constantin? And he's no, with Pam, which then leaves Vlad. Oh, or we Eve. haven't we haven't Vlad mentioned Vlad. I'm so. gonna say she's saying that to Vlad or Eve. And then after that, we get Constantin saying to Eve in a room that seems to have both Pam and Villanelle, are you gonna apologize for shooting me? <laughs> well, if she didn't apologize to, to... No. Right, I, I already know the answer right, no. Right. I don't have to see the scene to know. And so that gives me hope that <laughs> we get something fun and entertaining and probably heartbreaking because it looks like Villanelle, Eve, Constant, and Pam are all in the same room. Hopefully they're trying to help a bitch get the arrow out and there will be shenanigans and jokes and probably 50 million rejections. From Villanelle to Eve, like what I said in that other snack, don't touch me, touch me. Let go! I no, said, no, right. let go! But also, thanks for that caress. But also, you bitch, but why do you smell so but, good? Get away from me, Eve! But she has I that, fully expect she, that But energy. that energy is, is all around. Yes, heavily, heavily, directly for Eve, but also Constant saying, I can't help you, but maybe I could try to help you. But it's like, you know what? Whatever. And then Constant trying to save face in front of his newest protege who's looking at, this is how you treat your girls? And so it's like... I guess we'll have to see how that parlays. But I just don't imagine that Villanelle will have rancor for anyone but Eve. But Eve. Eve. No, no, no. Not yeah. Constantine. Not Pam. In fact, I'm sure Pam will be helpful. Pam knows no, how yeah. to embalm. So Pam knows the anatomy. She's been in the human body. She's our best chance no, to I save agree. Villanelle. I agree. And do some surgeries Pam, or whatever. please. Pam be our savior. No. But I expect Villanelle to be on her full bullshit because not only is she still upset about a dime being dropped, even though that dime being dropped ultimately matters not at all. In the narrative, she's still upset because that's how the story's going. And now she's shot. And no, so right? she's going to be like, I don't even, I'm not even trying to see you while I'm at my lowest. Like, why is you here? And I'm sure Eve will be insistent upon remaining there to take care of a bitch. And Eve will be like, and Villanelle will be like, could you just not touch me? But Eve will probably still be like, okay, no, I won't. But also, look at you. You're struggling so let me just can i help can i just yeah let me just help because you. right the last time she got shot she ran away like she was she was out because it was like eve stop you not you're not gonna hurt me further so yeah wow when who got shot when well not shot but the last time oh, you mean when she got stabbed when she got stabbed yeah i mean there was reason to run out because she got stabbed but she also left a bitch bleeding out in the ruins so tit for tat this time it was Alen upping her sapphic games but yeah I fully expect the angst to be in high order and it's probably gonna be painful as hell because I do expect Eve to be fully remorseful I only beg that this bitch says something to Villanelle that she is once again vulnerable and open but with these fucking writers they probably won't give it to me till episode 8 like I already said so I'm fully expecting to be in the dolefuls I'm fully expecting to see rejection and to see Villanelle be like you know what's over you and me thanks for helping me with this bandage but also kick rocks bitch because they're gonna do that they're gonna have to do that for an episode I don't know why you bother with the jailing story 
storyline. I don't know why you bother showing us Eve smacking Villanelle no, and right. rejecting her this many times if you're not going to flip the dynamic and have Villanelle do that same kind of rejection. Now, I hope and pray to Lilith that she doesn't mean it or adhere to it for anything longer than an episode, but I fully expect for that to be what happens because, of course, Villanelle rejects Eve. Full stop. That's what the sentence said. So that has to be a resounding rejection. That has to mean that Eve is trying for however long she has access to Villanelle and maybe we get the Scooty bike. I mean, we have to get the Scooty bike because Villanelle's been shot in that outfit and then she has the pants on when she's on the Scooty bike and Eve is like, you want to ride? And that's probably Villanelle piecing the fuck out. Mm. That Eve is like, look, stay. Let me take care of you. And she's like, anyway. And she hobbles herself uselessly to be like, let me go. And she's probably walking at the speed of a fucking tortoise. And Eve is able to pull up on a bitch like, so not only did I take a detour to a whole other place to get this scooter and I still caught up with you. Do you want to like go for a ride? Want to sit on my lap and shit? And of course, Villanelle's going to be like, no. And because we saw that one clip of Villanelle rolling by herself, I'm sure she denies Eve. What's the point? She's not going to sit on a bitch lap, even though she wants to. And Eve is probably going to be like, fine, you take the scooter. Okay. I hope you feel better. I'll see you. And Villanelle's probably like, get the fuck out of here. It's the way I can see this. You bitch. Oh my God. Villanelle's stubborn. But it's funny because like they both are the same amount of stubborn. So that stubbornness that led to Eve petulantly taking down her fucking underwear in front of Villanelle is going to lead to Villanelle being in actual pain. Villanelle wanting the cheek cup, but being too prideful to keep the cheek cup. She might take it for a piece of second and be like, oh my God, what? I'm entranced. Wait a minute. Saffle, you shall not get me. Eve, get your hands off me. (laughs) Snatch. Snatch. And Eve could be like, just, can I, just snatch. And so, yeah, that'll be tough. So I'm preparing myself for every pang that will come. It's going to be like the ruins where Villanelle tried to clutch on a bitch face. And Eve was like, no. Right. It's going to be like that. She's going to try to clutch on a bitch. And Villanelle's going to be like, no. And I'm going to be like, why? Lauda, Kaylee, writers, Sally. Why? Right. Tread lightly. Whoever's writing. We had to, Candace. We had to do it. Mm, Your feet will be held to the fire. (laughs) Oh, and to close out what happens in the rest of the preview, after we hear in the trailer, Constantine asks Eve if she's going to apologize for shooting him, we see Lars asking Carolyn, who's coming after me? And Carolyn replies to him, Give me my name and I give you yours. So. Yep, she's like, eh, quid pro quo, bitch. And the last shot is of Pam and Constantine opposite each other at some sort of cafe, slurping a milkshake or whatever. And it looks cute. And that concludes the preview. <sighs> so that episode was an adventure. <laughs> it was a I'm ride. Sorry. You saw how we reacted live in the moment. But how did the episode leave you? What did you all think about it? Don't hesitate to write into us with your opinions and details, mayhaps, that we may have missed on this episode. You already know how to reach us. It's hey, you guys are one word at wellwellvillanelle.com. On Instagram, it is at wellwellvillanelle. And at Twitter, you know, it is at wellvillanelle. Big facts. It's a scary time. We are down to the last three episodes of this series. And who knows what to go on? The muses are all over the place. I've forced Terrence to keep his negativity at bay for me and just spring it on me whenever we actually decide to record the snack because I just, there's enough swirling there in the bitch head enough. that I can't add your own worries and paranoias to my own worries and paranoia and whatever new shit Lauda has said to cause doubt in the Killing Eve fandom because that's what the fuck it sounds like when you put that message in the chat. Oh, oof. Yeah, like the way my muses have grown. Like, <laughs> to the point my where... My muses have evolved. They okay. continue to evolve. It's weird because I go back and forth between, like, being a realist and the part of me that can be very cynical and skeptical. Just like, mm, trying to read the tea leaves. There's the other side of me that is the idealist. 
and the optimist, which is usually the side that wins out that is the one with the clown makeup contour. And you fluctuate back and forth between trying to predict what this show is going to be and if we weren't in such a unstable place in terms of not exactly trusting the showrunner due to series three we probably wouldn't be as stressed out about these killing of episodes because there are still moments and beats that have tension or whatever but it just feels like is it enough because there's so little time left and so much time was ultimately wasted in series two and it feels like in some ways i don't want to say rushing with eve but the pacing is certainly at an all-time high no where yes. eve palastri is concerned and so it feels like a lot and i think that that adds to whatever waves and vibes people have about eve because they're just getting smacked in the face with a whole lot of dark eve when right. dark eve was pretty much ignored for most of the episodes people, last series yeah. right that it's a whole lot to take in but as we hurtle towards oblivion and oblivion is episode eight or maybe it's even episode six i don't know what happens there but i feel like it's i'm not gonna like it like I feel like I'm going to like it, but I'm not going to like no, it right, because right, of the rejection. Right. I'm going to like it. I'm not going to like it. And of course, gun is a concern. Gun is a concern. And the whole rekindle, rekindle with Eve. I don't know what the fuck that's supposed to mean anymore. Right. Because I feel like, especially because gun is supposed to be some type of foil and gun was trained before Villanelle. What if gun has some sort of weird fixation with Villanelle? Like, I'm just trying to figure out how it's all going to come together because Villanelle's going to go over there. And you know, I already think that they're going to have some sort of interaction that is weird yeah. that will probably end up in death, but maybe involve sapphic shenanigans and now it seems more likely that the sapphic shenanigans could happen especially because of where we are with even villanelle also do you think that that's why they were giving us carolyn and carolina this episode to be like here's villanelle and gun and it's like but at least they have sapphic vapors whereas carolyn carolina denied it was just all shade all the time <laughs> i don't know i still think gun is going to be some type of foil for villanelle in some kind of way but we haven't seen that scene of eve being tackled in the forest we have not so that is either if it's not episode six which and, it and feels the, like the it can't be episode too. six well i'm not pushing for the rain jacket okay. because i already feel like the rain jacket is episode seven or eight because of the turtleneck sandra o is wearing it's more so when do we get to this place where gun has revealed herself and furthermore is being aggressive towards eve and for what reason because of something to do with Alain, because of something to do with villanelle because constantin has revealed her existence to villanelle i'm not sure but i feel like it has to happen in episode seven yeah however the fixation works whether it's because villanelle she seeks out gun right in the next episode and it's more than likely that gun ben knew ben ben knew about villanelle's existence because she probably keeps her eye on constantine so she knows what constantine has been doing more than likely and so the same way how villanelle now knows about pam and she knew from first the lady red but also from constant because she's right there oh, i'm trying to do good by the new girl <laughs> so it's like this is more maybe more of the same for constantin's trajectory but it could fuel whatever feelings gun would have revolving around the concept of a villanelle like hmm. they they because like they let her wild out right because he was like oh she's a bit crazy or whatever so they well, let her crazy like what like raymond was certainly not altogether normal he was he enjoyed not. killing people and so i would imagine that gun enjoyed Enjoys killing or torturing since she's so inventive about it. I'm just still trying to figure out what is the purpose of a gun in this storyline, if not to present some sort of reflection, some sort of foil, some sort of antagonist, some sort of something where Villanelle is concerned, especially because they have said this. And they then you did, add the rekindle, right. you add the fact that Eve and Villanelle will be separated once again because Villanelle rejects Eve and then goes to look for gun. I can only assume that Eve, eventually, after her rejection, follows Villanelle in some sort of way to then find her and gun. 
But then what is happening when that happens? That leads to Eve being tackled by Gunn in the forest. So something has to happen. And either Gunn is doing something weird with Villanelle that is sapphic shenanigans that gets Eve's ire, or Gunn wants to kill Villanelle for some reason, or she has some sort of plan for Villanelle, and then it goes bad, and then it leads to Eve trying to save Villanelle or intervene on her behalf. I don't know. So what if this is everybody converging? What if the woods that they're in is the Lars Woods and everybody's there. I don't think it would be the Lars Woods because Villanelle got that paper that said Faesgar Island or whatever. So I think it's probably there. Okay. Because that's where Gunn is and that's presumably where Villanelle will go and perhaps Eve finds out that Villanelle goes there and then follows her there to find Mm. what? I don't know. Villanelle and Gunn up to shenanigans, sapphic shenanigans. Like I said, Eve could go to fuck off and maybe she tries to kill Gunn that way. I would like to see it. It doesn't explain how she ends up getting chased but maybe she does something and then tries to run away (laughs) it doesn't work out. Right, right, right. I don't know. Love, love, what if she work, goes right. over there and Villanelle and Gunn are fucking around and How Villanelle's you? like, get out of here. Eve, I think things can go really Eve, badly. Eve, what high horse Eve? Eve. <laughs> Not you over there with, with secrets about, you You still haven't confessed what you was doing with the, the lady in red. You over here bad. Why she got to confess No, no, I'm not saying she got to, but it's just. <laughs> I don't plan on seeing Eve confess a damn thing about the lady in red. No, As yeah. I've said, my muse that I'm sticking to is Elen dropping a dime on what she's done. So I'm not sure how that's going to work because she just shot Villanelle. And I'm like, y'all can't be in the same room again, probably, without Villanelle trying to kill you because you absolutely orchestrated this and it's going to get out. And Eve potentially tells Villanelle, this is my fault because of that line in the trailer where she's like, she's trying to get back at me. And so Oof. Villanelle's potentially like, what do you mean? Get back at you. For what? Oof. And Eve is like, whatever, redacted. And then <laughs> Elen is like, oh, you want to know? She came over to my apartment. She got into a bath with me. We made out. We watched reality TV. Because I do feel incredibly strongly that if Villanelle can hear from the mouth of Elen, just think about how Elen would deliver that information with all the poise and fuck shit and mess of a learned queer. And like I said, Villanelle thinks Elen is hot. Villanelle did her own flirting with Elen. And so the last thing a bitch needs to hear, especially when she's like, oh, you dropped a dime on me. You called the fucking popo. I can't believe you did this to me, ho. But I really do think, especially because there was no real consequences of her being in jail, that Villanelle's going to get past that eventually because she's going to pout. But it's Eve. But if and when she finds out that Elen has had Eve's goodies, Eve's Eve's goodies, I just, I expect the murder jaunt to come flying the fuck and I just hope to Lilith that they are all in the same place. And I don't know how it's going to happen because Villanelle's <laughs> entered. But I just, I don't know. But clearly, Eve sees Elen again. And shit has happened, but you've seen Elen again. Okay, Villanelle clearly gets help. Clearly, Villanelle's doing other stuff. But we see her in other parts of the preview where she looks like a bitch can walk. So it is plausible. Maybe at the end of the episode, I don't know. But I just feel like they're all going to be in the same room or something. And Elen is going to be like, the way I know what your bitch tastes like. And Villanelle's going to be like, <laughs> I just need She's to be had a gun. right. I need or to be knife. a fly on the wall. For Actually, that. fuck it. It wouldn't be a gun. It would be a knife because Villanelle to take Elena out. That shit got to be hands on. Okay. It's got to be. Mm. I'm slicing mm. you. I'm skibbity papping. I'm slicing right. throat. No, right. Or... I'm doing you like Aaron Peel. I'm doing something. So y'all, the way that I'm desperate for that, which is why I'm musing right now. I am desperate. You guys know I have mused about it. I am desperate for jealous Villanelle because jealous Villanelle means a bitch still care. And so even though she could try to act like she's done with Eve, jealousy. Oh, jealousy will drive you mad, to quote Moulin Rouge. And so I would just like to see the jealousy pop out to send a bitch to 
Pluto. With her emotions. <laughs> and then <laughs> she go in on Helen. And then Eve joins in, ideally. Or Eve watches, which Eve likes to do. I would simply like to reference Eve watching a murder before. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That bitch that got tossed in front of the bus, she was like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my God, not you killing in front of me. That was so sexy, Philanel. <laughs> like, that's literally Eve. And so that could be fun. But then who knows what's going to happen there, even if they kill Helen. I'm like, would they kill Helen this early? Because then who's the big bad for the last two episodes besides Carolyn? Because the way Eve said Carolyn's name, mm. I feel like she wants to murk that hoe. I don't want Eve to kill Carolyn. I just don't know what that... Carolyn. Like, it just... Carolyn's looking like the big bad to Eve. And the no, kill list does. has just gotten longer. So, I don't know. But Oh, what if that's the name she that. gives Vlad? I mean, gives um Lars. If what? What if that's the name she gives Lars? Which name? Eve Palastri. But Eve doesn't want him dead. It's no, Alain. Well, I mean, but... She gotta give up Alain. But she could be playing Lars. But you think she would play Lars when she's so desperate to get info on Kenny? That's what she's claiming this is for, that she needs oh, to find well, out well. who... And especially since she apparently knows everyone who is involved in the 12 or at least the higher ups because she was there. It's personal. Because mm. clearly y'all would have thought you had some sort of prearrangement of whatever rules for engagement is what I'll say. And Kenny's dead. And so this is personal. And so even though maybe it's like, oh, only this person knows this piece of information, this person knows this piece of information here, that she's like, I need to know specifically which one of you hoes ordered the murder because that's the one of y'all that I'm going to fucking kill. <laughs> All right. And I think that's her energy and that she's all business at this point, which is why she's debased herself so many times in front of dudes like Vlad because she just has the Ooh. one goal, which no, is marrying yeah. Eve Palastri, which is why I don't know you left Eve by herself at the end of series three when this was going to be you, Carolyn. You guys could have been working together the whole time, would have been yep. much further along, but no. So I don't know what's going to happen there. And ultimately, I'm like, who are they going to say? Like, because if it's not this Lars guy and Constantine's not high enough, does it ultimately matter? If right? it's a new person, you have to introduce to them be murdered. Because if it's not Constantine, which again, Constantine is still indirectly responsible for Kenny's death at the very minimum. He's directly responsible for your daddy's death. He's still yep. living. Who is this other person? Is it Carolina? Like, why do we care? And who ordered this hit? I guess Carolyn it, cares, but And we keep whatever. saying just for him to die, but what if they leave it open-ended and they're not dead? Who's not dead? Like, what if they leave it open-ended to be like, oh, here's this, here's the tie-in. Here's the the other bad. Enter ex-thespian, and then they have an episode or two, and they walk out of the series alive. Like, th- there's no success. Well, that wouldn't make any sense, because they've literally made Carolyn's storyline for the past two series about getting finality and justice revenge for Kenny. So if they don't give it, why? Why bother with this season? What I would agree. be the point? I agree. And but I it's guess... all TBD, though. But I agree, though. It is all TBD. Just like Elen's sense of security. Which... <laughs> Girl. Like, how you don't have... Uh, how you got that much money? You only got one dude with you? Yo, do you tag uh, your girlfriend's phone? She has easy access into your apartment. But that's, the way that's... I would have 12 <laughs> hoes minimum. 12 jaunty hoes at a minimum. I could pay for it. Beep, beep. Who's this? Later, Red. This is my uh, misandry team of killers. Don't e- come close, Eve. Eve, Eve Palachi's in Paris. I just wanted to let you know, Eve Palachi is in Paris. I feel like <laughs> Ellen gets calls like that. That's not the issue. It's the issue that Ellen walks around with killers nearby, and she doesn't have a bodyguard. And I guess it remains to be seen how jaunty Ellen is with the fighting skills. I just think it's incredibly arrogant to be as good at being hated as Elen and just be walking around with Malcolm. I don't think Malcolm has skills. I think he's just a chauffeur. And so it's interesting. And I wonder if Elen's lack of security will come to bite her in the ass when dealing with Eve, because it's already bit her in the ass. No, with I Eve, can see that. Like two or three times. But we've mused that, you know, maybe the reason why she doesn't really have security is because she can handle it herself. Like she's got the, the hands, she's got the skills. But also, I got to question that shit now because of how 
how she spoke to Eve. She spoke with such assuredness about what was going on with her and Villanelle, and she's dead wrong. Well, Carolyn has a better understanding. Carolyn has a better understanding of her misandry kids, and so I have to reevaluate Alain. That is, that's I fair. I have to say that's that fair. maybe she doesn't have that skills, and her arrogance of not understanding who the fuck she's dealing with. You're dealing with Villanelle and Eve, and now you just shot this bitch with an arrow. I don't know why you want both these hoes against you. One of them is gonna kill you, Alain, if not both at the same time. This is danger. Now, so Alain, what are you doing? I thought you were a smart hoe, but the way you just provoked and poked Eve and Villanelle at the same time says you do not enjoy safety. You do not enjoy <laughs> being alive because why would you do it? And I, it's and, Villanelle. And, and this and could Eve. be right. No, this could be even just if her. she got shitty pigeon wings, Terrence, those she's pigeon still, wings can weren't. fly. No, right? They can fucking fly. I mean, until she gets too close to the Damn. sun, but but she will still be up there. You know how far away the sun is, right? She's she's gonna fly. Pigeons you don't even right. get that close to the sun. She's not a falcon. She, I'm not uh, worried well, about right. her. Right? She compared her to a pigeon. And the way pigeons have a dominance, and so it's like check your little analogy. Right, because they everywhere with no natural predator. Right, so. birds of prey <laughs> birds of prey are endangered species. Right. Pigeons are in abundance. Okay, so, right. Watch out. Mm. I think she's going down. So, Oof. I guess I'll end this mild muse session with my new thoughts on the smash because, as y'all know, if you've seen me on the lives, my tweets, oh, Killing Eve has been exhausting for me this season, just in general, mentally. And it's the way that that's not what we signed up for because I also wrote about this in the muse because I said we could have chosen to talk about any show that would have been airing, but we wanted to, you know, support that means that we know and love a showrunner who is up with this fresh idea and we were strapped in to have a good time and we were having pretty much a consistent exciting time and it has not been this low since since we've been doing the show and so for this to now feel more like a labor versus just an act of love just an act of let's all vibe together and have a good time that it is a stressor and it, and this shouldn't be a stresser. Not for people who chose. Like this was a this is I mean, a choice. Shows can stress me out. I say exhausting because it is exhausting to try and jump through sapphic jump hoops, hula hoops, and hurdles to try to understand getting what you want at the end or the stuff the writers have chosen to do, what they haven't explained, what doesn't make sense yet. That part of it, because so many things don't connect because of how series three went, how it ended, and where we are right now. The motherfucking cloister. There's a lot. There's a lot of labor being put on the audience to be like, make it make sense yourself until we make it make sense for you and we may never do that. So on top of me not having the most fun, it's just sort of like, why do I have to have my own chart for this season? Because you guys aren't being sufficient at explaining certain things. But as I continue to try to think about the way the smash could happen, I have a new muse, or maybe I guess it's an evolved muse about the way this smash could happen. And it started as I was thinking about Bejazel and Seven of Nine and, <laughs> sorry, to all you people who don't watch Picard <laughs> and don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But it was a sapphic relationship there that resulted in death. And in the show, there is a jaunty fight, some jaunty words are shared, some throats are grabbed. Ooh. Bitches are hemmed up because there's a lot of fucking drama. So I'm wondering now, especially because Villanelle and Eve are going to be at odds even more intensely at the end of this episode. That is coming. What if the smash starts from a fight? So an alternative, a sapphic alternative to what happens with Seven and Bejazel that Bejazel did some fuck shit. She tries to do her little flirt flirt to be like, oh, Seven gets hemmed up, choked, dies anyway, vaporized literally into molecules that Villanelle, I think, sadly for me and for all of us Villainy fans will have this energy for Eve, that it will be furious energy. 
Especially, once again, if she finds out about Alain. If she finds out about Alain, I do expect that energy towards Eve to be fucked. Because she surely has wanted to jaunt sapphically with Eve for some time. I'm sure she would take a bath, a kiss, an extended cheek cup for more than 10 seconds. And if she has to hear that these bitches spent hours together on their shenanigans, she's gonna be mad. And maybe she tries to attack Eve, or maybe they get into a, some sort of thing, some sort of hemmed up thing. I also think back to Black Sales when Anne Bonnie was having her gay panic and she pulled a knife on Max because she was like, is it sapphic? She's like, what do you mean? Is it Sappho? Held a knife oh. to a bitch's throat. And she was like, let me just, if I could. And she goes in for a kiss. She's like, I feel like this is what you want. She goes in for the kiss. That knife drops. Because she was right. Ooh. So I just mean something like that. That the tension appropriately feels like it's heading towards violence. Like, oh my God, is it about to go down between these two hoes? And while they're doing the violent tango of upsetness and jealousy and anger and resentment or whatever, that it turns to Sappho and the violence and the violent holds turn into sapphic holds. And ideally, some sort of confession by Eve because Eve. We've had a little confession from Villanelle. It's not been to you directly, but I think if you were to say something directly to a bitch, she would say something directly to you. If you would be so lovely as to <laughs> say something else like we were in previous series and perhaps that's what pushes her to just come clean to be like right. well bitch you fucking hurt me because a b and c this at the bridge this over here whatever blah 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 i'm sorry and ideally and this is what i want from eve palastra before the series is over i love you villanelle Aww. i truly believe if she tells villanelle she love that bitch it's a wrap it doesn't matter if she gave elen 18 o's that this is what villanelle wants and i don't care how upset she is about snitching or anything else like she wants love she wants to feel that it is true and real that it is not based in manipulation like constantine or her fucked up mother or so many other people and that if eve gives her that and potentially she sees another side of eve or just something else that like lets her know eve is right or die and bad about it and we know eve yeah. is right or die no yeah i just think she's being stubborn about the shit maybe she confesses to villanelle that she's doing all this 12 shit for her that the obsession is ultimately about villanelle it's about freeing her from the stuff but her pride her ego's too big because she's pissed at villanelle to be honest i just have to get the 12 i have to stop the 12 but i don't think it's about kenny i've been said i don't think it's about kenny it's about kenny without a doubt for carolyn that's her baby right. but for eve come on eve it's been about villanelle from the very fucking beginning and you were still trying to protect that bitch in season two before you were a day drinker in season three. So I would like to hear something like that for her to cut all her bullshit, for her to be honest, even if Villanelle got to hem her up, put her on the floor, there's a mount, I don't know, something's happening. And then for her to just come clean, apologize, and then maybe some words are said, some vulnerability, some truth, some honesty. And then we get to the, the smooch and the smash. And then they're oh. locking step by the time we get to episode eight because the smash has happened. Villanelle's calmed the fuck down. She knows the bitch loves her for real. She knows it's all real. She's gotten over the jail situation. She's gotten over Elaine because Elaine's dead. And she's killed her. <laughs> <laughs> or Eve's killed her, whatever. And they're now like, okay, we're united in killing the 12. Because that's Villanelle's MO. That's what she wants to do. And why do it separately from Eve? Just because you mad? No, right, right. Double the chance that you will die. If you guys go together, you at least cut that in half and you'll probably still die, but at least it'll be together. So yeah, those are my current thoughts of the smash i feel like eve is gonna be down bad next few episodes villanelle is gonna reject reject don't touch me don't do this it's over it's over eve and i'll be like no villanelle don't say it's over because why else is eve day drinking no no eve right, day drinks right. when she is having these issues with villanelle and so i just feel like a bitch blows her to fuck off and she got to deal with herself and hopefully come to terms with like oh my god now that i'm not the one saying i'm done with a bitch now that i'm not the one saying it's over now that i'm not the one setting the boundaries i'm fucked up i fucked up shit I fucked up. <laughs> Shit! Villanelle, no! I want you. Wait, come back. Where are you going? Villanelle! 
And so I just need that to happen and for Foe to die. Thank you. It's the way Goodbye, that Foe was not in the preview. So maybe this means the betrayal was will in show that up. damn preview. I feel like I feel like Foe was, but it's possible that I just hallucinate Foe because he's everywhere. But <laughs> do I think Foe will be in the next episode? Absolutely. Aww. Because Eve's going to need some information. No, that, no. And he's Foe. But, hope, but she's in Margate. No I hope that whatever information but she needs. But we know she has to leave Villanelle because Villanelle rejects no, that bitch. So unfortunately, we can't stay with them but, the whole but, time. But Constant and Pam, I feel like... They... She's going to leave. They're going to part yeah. their ways. Because even when we think about the scooter, they're no longer with Constant and Pam. And so Villanelle has clearly peaced out from that place and is like, bye, bitch. And Eve is like, hey, do you want to... And I'm sure Villanelle's like, no. And she's like, all right, well, <sighs> I hope you feel better. No, you're... Yeah. All right, I'll try to call you later. I got stuff to do because, you know, the 12th, but... <laughs> Because I fully expect this to be Eve. Well, the 12. Because Eve is such a jerk. Like, she would totally roll up on that scooter like, hey, boo. Yeah, this is fucked up. Um. <laughs> but I, 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 it's hard for me to um, parse uh, Constantine not telling Eve that Villanelle came asking for the same thing she asked for. Like, I like I don't see Eve not getting the information. About Alain? About, right, right. But I don't know. But I don't know if that matters between her and Villanelle. Because they're at odds. And Villanelle has been trying to be around a bitch, be near a bitch, for the most part, up until... I suppose, this most recent episode because of the whole jail situation. Mm-hmm. And they're going to flip that dynamic with Villanelle not wanting to be around a bitch because her feelings are hurt. She feels betrayed. And then we have to suffer. And that's why I'm saying wrap it up in one episode. If next episode is the rejection, fine, do it. Fine, do it. Just do it. It's going to be hurtful. It's going to be painful. Whatever. I beg. Let episode seven be the angry smash. But then that also involves Gunn. So I don't know what's going to happen. At this point, I'm predicting Gunn is dead because I just don't know what to do. Because if Eve had a relationship with Gunn and Villanelle meets up a gun and she finds out that Eve had a relationship with Gun, Gun's dead. Yeah. Eve, if Villanelle meets up a gun and Gun has some sort of weird fixation with Villanelle, somebody's gonna end up dead anyway. Maybe yeah. there'll be some sapphic shenanigans, some sex beforehand, but someone gotta end up dead. How you put Villanelle with a copy of herself potentially, but a more erratic copy and things, shenanigans and chaos isn't afoot? I don't believe that for a second. But maybe they'll be buddy buddy. I don't know. But I also don't think that's true. I just don't think. There's gotta be some antagonization that happens between Villanelle, Gun, and Eve. Oh, agreed. Maybe it's based in history, maybe it's not. But I just hope that sometime soon I get Eve committing a murder. If it's Ellen, I will take it. If it's Gun, I will take it. If it's Foe, I will more than gladly take it. If it's random person, well, I will also take it. <laughs> but I would just ask that Villanelle could see or hear about it eventually. No, right, right. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? But yeah, those are my current thoughts. Wow. Uh... What if Eve rolls up on Gun and finds her and Villanelle in the throes? <laughs> Uh, you'll probably leave. I would. The seat. I would leave the frame. I probably I wouldn't say guess words. I would have to stay in the frame because someone has to. But I'm just trying to prepare myself for every possible eventuality of the fuck shit killing you could do without actually giving me the sapphic content I want, but being like, here's sapphic content. That's why I said a couple weeks ago that I think Villanelle could sleep with Gun. I just put it back on the table because I'm like, nothing is making sense for Eve sleeping with Gun. So maybe it's Villanelle. And then what if Eve finds out to get her back on her jealousy after what she was doing with Alain? And she better not be in that bed boudoir shout Bible verses either because. Um, Oh my god. It just better not be a part attached to the to the plot is all because what you care about the Bible verse? Nada. So, so but yeah, it's the way that I'm that is possible. Wow. I'm just begging for someone to be murdered by Eve's hand where Villanelle could see. I am begging. And I'm begging for Villanelle to see something about Dark Eve Rising, just like in motion, in process, and what Villanelle's face does in that moment. That it's not just Eve observing what she likes, that is murder or something horrible, but Villanelle observing something that's like, oh, okay, I fully see you. Please! It's what I deserve before the series is done. Will I get it? I don't know. I don't know.
I don't know. Because why is Eve getting tackled by gun? What did she no, do? Right. Especially Villanelle's with gun? I have to assume Villanelle's with gun? Don't I have to assume? Because Villanelle goes to meet gun. There's nothing in the description. And I know it's not everything, but it doesn't say Villanelle leaves gun. It just says Eve rekindles something with gun. So right now I have to assume that Eve, Villanelle, and gun are in the same place at the same time in episode mm. seven. Shenanigans are foot. That is all. Sapphic shenanigans are foot. Gay mess is a foot. How foot is it? I mean, I know, but it is a foot. Weird mess indeed. A part of me is hoping that this is going to be somebody being reintroduced when we see them for the first time. Uh, maybe they're connected to another character by like an actual bloodline or whatever. And they're not just, here's random crazy assassin. Like that there's someone who's been a player of note, like a, a button that you press when when you need to do like, I don't know, a large job. Like three sheets with the, like the paper towel commercials, like... Uh, we use these uh, agents for this kind of stuff, but we use this one for the heavy duty stuff. Like, I want whatever this is to feel momentous. Like, I'm going to need an anthem. The same way how we got the, the red pumps for the Lady Red, how she appeared. I want there to be maybe like a song that is associated with this. Right. I want there to be. Uh, People have said a lot. Oh, a beast. Oh, whatever. And it's like, okay, so I expect this bitch to be tough. I expect her to be strong. I expect her to be intimidating potentially and ridiculous those are my expectations and sapphic, i i, I because, like all course. of those right i um, like all of those tbd on this bullshit tbd indeed well everyone that about wraps up this a recap so until the snack episode here's hoping you get killed by a woman rejection you guys i'm not ready for the fucking rejection i reject the next episode but i also I want the next Till next time. Bye. Bye. It's like totally murder.